We ready? Am I on, Dave? All right. Who's ready to get Christmas going, right? Yeah. All right, well, I'm glad you guys are here this morning. I know um, maybe you didn't uh, come last night for the candlelight service, but we had a beautiful service last night, and we had several specials. And uh, so we're going to start this morning. We're going to open with prayer, but you're going to get a treat because the ladies who sang one of the specials last night are going to sing this morning. They're going to sing this morning for us also. So Merry Christmas. I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, to worship our Savior. Uh, so bow your heads with me as we open in prayer, and then the ladies are going to just start us off with singing. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, with, the, with my brothers and sisters, Lord, to worship you and to celebrate your birth, Lord. And uh, without your birth and you being willing to come into this world and be born in human flesh, but God in flesh and lived a perfect life and died for us, Lord, we wouldn't be here. And so, Lord, we do celebrate your birthday today, uh, and, and we worship you. And Lord, we just love you. And thank you, Lord, for this congregation, this body of believers that comes together, Lord, in ministry. What a great year we've had, uh, Lord. Just so many blessings we've had this year, and we thank you for that. Uh, and we worship you today, God. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. So here's your treat uh, as they open this morning. Thank you. 
unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his head. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Thank you, ladies. All right, thank you. Stand with me this morning. Let's uh, pray again, and then we'll have our welcoming time. We can welcome one another this morning. Wish each other a Merry Christmas. Lord Jesus, I thank you again, uh, God, that we're here. Thank you, Lord, for the hard work that the ladies have put in. And, Lord, thank you for our services last night that we could gather and uh, not only celebrate your birth, Lord, but remember your death and communion. And just be with us today, Lord, as we worship you. We love you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes and welcome everyone today.
morning. Good morning, everybody. I should say Merry Christmas. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born while shepherds kept their watching for silent bonds by night behold Okay, so I want to do something just a little bit special this morning. We have uh, a couple that we just love dearly, and he has been in pretty bad health uh, the last oh several months. Really bad back problems, and has a hard time uh, getting here a lot of times. And I, we, we had a special request to, to wish them a Merry Christmas this morning. So here's the thing. First four or five rows, turn around and look at the camera, if you would. And on the count of three, we're going to wish Pat and Jerry Caps a Merry Christmas. So one... Two, three. Merry Christmas! All right, thank you guys. They are faithful and watching every single Sunday. You can be seated. All right, just a few announcements real quick. Um, no, men's, no men's Bible study tonight, so no men's Bible study uh, this evening. Spend time with your families. Wednesday night, we're back to regular schedule. We have dinner on Wednesday nights and classes at 645. We have kids and youth classes. If you don't come on Wednesday nights or you never have, Try to come. We have a we just have a great time. We have cooking teams that cook a really big dinner, and so if you're worked all day and you're hungry and you 
Don't, don't try to get around and get all the kids fed before you come. Just come and eat dinner with us. And for 45 minutes, we sit around and talk and visit. And it's just a really good time. Uh, and then classes start at 6.45, and they go till 7.45. Uh, women's breakfast and coffee. Are you guys doing that this week? When are you doing it, Valerie? Tuesday, 8.30 at Mom's Kitchen, ladies. Tuesday, 8.30 uh, at Mom's Kitchen for breakfast. Ladies Craft Day. This is one of the things that Pat is, uh, who we just uh, wished a Merry Christmas to, she's putting this together. It's Sunday, January 8th. So you've got a couple of weeks. It's from 1 to 4, Ladies Craft Day, on Sunday, January 8th, from 1 to 4. The cost is $30, so send her a message. I'm sure she'll write something in the uh, video feed today underneath the church uh, website, so you can look her up and send her a message uh, for details on all that. Sunday, January 8th, this is one of uh, that same day. It's one of my favorite days uh, that we have at Crossbridge. It's called Freeway Sunday. So John Stroop is going to be here th uh, that day. So if you, if you know people in our community that are interested uh, in Freeway or maybe they want to help sponsor something, we, we are starting up. Uh, I, I was going to mention this in a business meeting, but I'll go ahead and start talking about it. It is, it is a major goal of ours uh, by this spring to have a women's freeway house here in town. We have already gotten uh, over $30,000 uh, pledged and donated towards that freeway women's house. So I'm sure John may talk a little bit about that. We'll be talking about that in a business meeting uh, in January. So a lot of exciting things uh, with that ministry. John will be here that day, so uh, really excited. Uh, try to come that day. They're asking, the activities team is asking for hunting and fishing pictures to be sent to the media team. So media team at crossbridgechurch.net. So any of your outdoor photos, I have no idea what they're planning on doing. Don't know, but send the photos. They've asked me to uh, announce that. Uh, and uh, no family Sunday. So next Sunday is normally the first Sunday of every month. Next Sunday is New Year's Day. So uh, no Sunday school next week. We're going to do the same thing next week as what we did today. It's, it's not going to be a family Sunday. Uh, it's like the kids are going to stay in today, but we won't have communion. We're going to put off family Sunday till the following week uh, because of the holiday again next week. We will have worship service next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Next Sunday at 10 o'clock, no Sunday school. And I'll send out some reminders on that. Any other thing that I, anything I forgot this morning that I should have announced? Nothing? Yes, Jeannie? All right, so go through your phones today and get them emailed. They need them by tomorrow, so by tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Anything else? Okay, if you would stand with me this morning, we're going to take up the morning offering and have our time of worship before we jump into God's Word together. So let's bless the morning offering uh, today. Lord Jesus, I thank you again for the opportunity to be here today, Lord. And part of our worship, a big part of our worship, God, is giving you our best. Uh, and Lord, today I pray that... We're giving you our best, God, in every area of our life, including our finances. And Lord, I pray that you use this uh, to, to further your kingdom, God, that the gospel will be shared in our local community. It funds our missionaries that we, we have hired around the world. And so, Lord, I thank you for them and their commitment in sharing the gospel around the world. And so, Lord, uh, just use it, uh, bless it today. And in all things, God, we love you and thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
sound awesome this morning by the way <laughs> all right thank you guys can you turn in your bibles if you would this morning to matthew chapter 2 matthew chapter 2 so there's there's so many things that 
you can talk about on Christmas, and obviously we're going to talk about our Savior's birth, and there's so much to it, and last week we saw uh, the nativity, the play of the nativity, which the kids always, uh, I think Sierra does a good job about making sure that what, we're, what, what we do in our Christmas program for the kids is Christ's birth, because that's what Christmas is about, and um, you know, you, there's, there's a lot of Christmas movies and a lot of Christmas stuff out there you could do with children's plays, but I think it's always important that we, we do the nativity. And in the nativity and in the, the, the story of Christ's birth, there's so many different interesting characters, right? Uh, last night I kind of touched on uh, the lamb and, 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 and she, the sheep, I guess you could say, uh, and one particular t- type of lamb. And when I, I remember when I was a kid... Uh, and I'll get to the passage here in just a second. But I remember when I was a kid, uh, all the boys, nobody ever wanted to be Joseph because everybody looked at Joseph like, you know, he was kind of up there on the stage and everyone's like, we don't want everyone looking at you. But all the boys when we were little, all want, all, we're, we were always in a fight over who could be a wise man. And I don't know why, maybe it's because they got to dress up in crazy stuff and they got to carry gifts, but it was always like a, a big deal to be one of the wise men. And, and there's so many different angles you can talk about uh, with Christmas. And this is the one that I want to talk about this morning, uh, about the wise men and what we do know about them, what we don't know about them. But there's so many parallels to these wise men going and seeking Jesus and finding Jesus in their lives to our parallel of our lives today. And that's what we're talking about. So Matthew 2, uh, 1 through 12. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. It says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring bring me word that I may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray again together this morning. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you again, uh, Lord, just for the opportunity to be here this morning on Christmas Day, uh, Lord, to celebrate your birth, to preach your word this morning, Lord. And there's so much to glean from this here uh, this morning. I, I pray that it impacts our lives, the faith that these men had uh, to go and search you out when you were born. Uh, Lord, how they worshiped you and how they went back totally different and changed. Uh, Lord, after they encountered you. And I pray, Lord, that we do that also, that our faith, we put our faith and trust in you. We worship you, and that changes us, God, today uh, into who you want us to be. And, and Lord, I, I pray this morning, if there's someone listening, uh, maybe on Facebook, or uh, that, that's um, here this morning that doesn't know you as their Lord and their Savior, Lord, today I pray that today is the day 
that they, they put their faith and trust in who you are. We all have to put our faith and trust in something. It's either ourselves or it's a false god or something else, Lord. But I, I pray today that they trust you, the one true God, the God of the universe that came, lived a perfect life, and died. Lord, we love you this morning. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so like I said, this is kind of um, an exciting, exciting day. I think it only happens maybe like once a decade or every other decade where Christmas actually falls on Sunday. I think I, I, I saw that the next time will be 11 years from now. Uh, and so I'm thankful this morning. I, I know uh, some people, uh, some congregations canceled services this morning. That was never a thought in our mind because why would we do that when we're, Christmas is about celebrating the birth of our Lord, right? And so I'm thankful that you're here this morning. Um, but I want to talk to you about these figures in Scripture uh, and the wise men. And this, the story of these wise men or the Magi, are, it's kind of shrouded in a little bit of mystery. We really don't know a whole lot about them. Um, a lot of church tradition comes in a little bit. Um, there are some facts and details. Uh, but, but there's a lot of questions that people can ask about these guys that we're just not very sure from the biblical text. Uh, for example, how many were there? We don't know for sure. We assume three because there's three gifts. But we don't know for sure. Uh, where did they come from? Somewhere in the Orient, the East, but once again, not positive. Uh, how long did their journey take? Who knows? It was a pretty long journey. Uh, we think that there was a big crowd of them, that there was a, uh, they had a big group of people. Because when they came into Jerusalem, Herod the king heard about it, and the whole city was stirred up. So they kind of made, uh, maybe not some racket, but people knew that there's something important happening when these guys came in uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, but there are some things that we absolutely can learn from the wise men, and that's what I want to touch on this morning. And the first one is that their, their journey that they took to Jesus. The other thing I want to clarify real quick, uh, in the manger scene, a lot of times we, we put the wise men there for good, for good reasoning. But we, what they think is that Jesus was actually a couple of years old when they made the trip to see Jesus. He wasn't like he was just born immediately. So he may have been, <coughs> excuse me, two or three years old. We're not, we're not for sure. Um, but, but we do know that they had to have faith. That's the first point, that their journey was absolutely one of faith. So what would prompt someone, I asked the question this morning, to leave the comfort of their home, to leave uh, their kingdom, to leave everything that they had and go on this dangerous journey. Was it a dangerous journey? Absolutely. If you remember in Scripture that traveling from one town to another in, in uh, Israel was very, very dangerous to go through Samaria. If you remember the story of the Good Samaritan, what had happened? The guy had been robbed and beaten. And so it wasn't like, <clears throat> this wasn't just an easy journey, that there was a lot of danger. So what would, what would prompt someone to leave and to travel on a journey? Romance, possibly? Well, yeah. I mean, there's examples throughout history where men will travel thousands and thousands of miles for, uh, for romance, right? Wealth, absolutely. Uh, people would travel all over the world to conquer other countries for wealth, to, to amass wealth. For sure. But where, why did they travel? Faith. Faith. And they asked this question. Where was he who has been born the king 
of the Jews? That is a probing question. Where is he? Where is, where is he? They had seen a star. They had seen the star. They knew that the evidence was real. Now they wanted to find him. Where is he? They had to have faith in that. They had to have faith that he was alive, that he existed. Now they wanted to find him. Their purpose had been established to find him. And they were willing to risk everything to find Jesus. They were willing to risk the safety of their homes to risk this journey to find Jesus. Now can you imagine? Think about what people that knew them and where they lived would have thought. Well, you're going on a journey. Well, yes. Well, where are you going? Well, we don't know for sure. Well, how far is it? Well, we don't know that either. Well, how long are you going to be gone? When are you going to come back? Well, we're not really sure on that either, right? Boy, for wise men, you guys don't know very much, do you? That's kind of how they went on this trip. It was a complete stepping out in faith. And you see this. Guys, you see this all through Scripture. I'm sure that they said the same things to Abraham when he left his home to go to the promised land. They must have said the same things to Noah. Think about Noah. You're, what are you doing? You're building an ark? It had never rained up until that point. And Noah's building an ark. Think about what they said to Peter and Andrew and John and James. When they left all of their fishing equipment, all their nets and their boats to follow Jesus, to become fishers of men. What are you, crazy? Are you insane? Are you nuts in what you're doing? Are you out of your mind? No, not crazy, not nuts, not out of their mind. Men of faith. Men and women of faith that stepped out in faith. Listen, our journey with Christ is always going to involve faith. It's always going to involve your faith and putting your faith and trust in Christ. Everybody in this room, everybody who has ever lived is going to put their faith in something. A lot of people put their faith in that there is no God. They say that they're atheists, that we don't believe in God because we want to live a life how we want to live it. We don't want to answer to anybody. Faith is always in the journey and it's in our, our journey. Hebrews eleven six 6 tells us that. It says, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So it has to be our faith. Our faith is we're putting our faith and trust in who Jesus is. That he is God. People of faith have been willing to respond to challenges that we faced all throughout history. Here's a modern day example. There was a man named William Carey. William Carey was a follower of Christ. He was a shoemaker. He heard one day that there were millions of people in India that had never heard the gospel. They had never heard the good news of Jesus. He believed in the Great Commission. He believed in that command. The Great Commission is what? Go into the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit and teach everything that I've commanded you. That was Jesus' command. That's what we call the Great Commission. He believed in that verse and he believed that it was speaking directly to him. He didn't just apply it to his pastor or, or a church staff. He believed that God was speaking to him in that. So what did he do? He volunteered to go to India. He went to India and he became a really big target of people in how he wanted to share the gospel. And, and he had a lot of resistance. 
Well, Carrie, people said, you don't need to go. Sit down. You're too young. You don't need to go. He went anyway because he, he knew that was what God wanted him to do. And he said, I'm going to do it with or without your help. He went anyway, supported himself. For seven years, he worked without seeing a single person come to faith in Christ. But by the end of his life, hundreds of churches had been planted and thousands of converts had happened. Today, he is known as one of the fathers of modern missions. He was a man of great faith. He trusted in God. He stepped out of his comfort zone. Your journey in Christ, my journey in Christ, starts with us believing and having faith in what Jesus did on the cross. That he paid the sin debt that we have. That he rose again and defeated death. And that he proved that his sacrifice was sufficient to God. Being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ requires you put your faith and trust in that. There's a lot of things that this world is going to try to get you to put your faith and trust in. Including yourself. That's actually the number one religion in the world. Is the worship of self. That we make ourselves our own gods. You're going to put your faith and trust in something. And then as we become followers of Christ, and we've trusted in Him, guess what? There's going to be more opportunity for us to step out of our comfort zones and, and, and share the gospel with people to use the gifts and talents that you've been given. I love the special this morning. I love that. We have, we have people that lead us in worship, worshiping our Savior, that look, they are stepping out and using the gifts that God has given them in faith. It may, some of these people up here would be terrified to speak in public, but yet they're using their faith and, and singing in public, leading us in worship. That takes faith. That's stepping out of your comfort zone for Christ. Here's the second thing we can learn from them. I mentioned it in the opening. Their journey was one of what? They were going to worship Jesus. They were going to worship Jesus as God. When these wise men came on their journey, it was for a purpose of worship. They brought with them what? Three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now there's a whole lot of symbolism there with these gifts. And I'll cover it briefly, but there's a whole bunch. If you, do, if you do some more digging on this, which I hope you do. What does gold represent? Gold represents wealth. It represents wealth. In fact, it, wealth and gold were, were fit for who? A king. If you remember back in the Old Testament, King Solomon... King Solomon was the wealthiest person that ever lived. He was the, the wealthiest king that Israel ever had. Wealthiest man in the history of the world was King Solomon. Everything that he had, you know what he did with it? He had it overlaid in gold. Everything. So it was the symbolizing bringing Jesus gold was that what? Jesus was the king of kings. The lord of lords. Very symbolic in bringing him gold. Frankincense, what's this? Frankincense was the sap of a tree. It was dried and hardened, and it was used in incense, burning incense, to worship God. So we see in the gift of frankincense the gift that was fit for his deity, that they are worshiping Jesus as God. Jesus was the Son of God, God in flesh. Something that you have to believe about Jesus, about the true Jesus, in order to be saved. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The third gift is myrrh. What is myrrh? It was a fragrant perfume. It was used to anoint the dead. Why would they bring that to Jesus? They would, they would use it to embalm, to preserve. Because Jesus 
was going to be the sacrificial lamb that was going to die for the sins of us. So they very symbolic, these gifts. And so there, there is so much more than just these gifts in worship for us. But our worship will always involve a sacrifice. I talked about this a little bit last week. There's a price to be paid for our worship. Absolutely. There was a price that they had to pay for their worship. They had given themselves to that journey. They had packed everything up. And like I said earlier, travel in those days wasn't comfortable. It could be outright dangerous. So these wise men had sacrificed their own comfort to go and find the king and worship him. I read you this verse last week. I want to read it again. It's from King David about sacrifice in 2 Samuel 24, 24. But the king said to Anuriah, No, I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. Now how does that translate to us? First, I don't think I read last week, but it's Romans 12.1. Romans says it like this. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your what? Spiritual worship. To truly worship our God, it requires sacrifice. What is the greatest gift? The greatest gift that we can give God today. You know what it is? Yourself. Yourself. To give Him yourself. To say, God, I am worshiping you. You have me. Now you say, well, I haven't given Him anything today. But you have. Everybody who here is here today and was here last night has given God something, right? You've taken time out of your schedule, time out of your life to come and worship Him. You prepared today by getting up this morning and getting ready. You got in your cars, you used gas to come, come here. Some of you, when the offering plate came around, you, you put money in so we could help pay kingdom expenses for our missionaries and maintaining uh, the building. Many of you have taken time to serve in the ministries that we have. When you came today, you come as a living sacrifice. Now, I'm not for sure if you view it like that, and, you, and maybe you didn't even realize that, but you are. The, the efforts that you put in to worship God is a sacrifice to Him. But here's something I want you to remember today out of this. What God wants most of all, above everything else, is you. He wants your heart. He wants your attention. He wants you. 24-7. 24-7. God doesn't want weekend custody of you. He wants full custody. He wants you. He wants you to live your life out as a living sacrifice. Am I willing to give him my best? Am I willing to go on a spiritual journey to worship him? Am I willing to give up and get out of my comfort zone to follow Christ? The wise men absolutely were. They were willing to get out of their comfort zone to go worship the king. Are we? I want to close this point with this verse. It's Romans 12 too. It's the next verse. It says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So how do we worship him? By not being conformed to the world. And what the world says. 
but be transformed. Be a living sacrifice. We die to ourselves and what we want, what we desire, to live for Christ. We aren't conformed to what the world says. We live for Him. All right, last thing, last point here. This journey that these wise men took, it changed them. It changed them. If you go back in our text in Matthew 2, 12, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. So they departed to their own country by another way. They met Jesus, and their journey was now changed. So, so what was in, why would they do that? What were they warned about? Well, Herod, Herod lied to them. Herod had brought him in and said, hey, come and tell me where Jesus is because I want to go worship him too. That's not what Herod wanted to do. What did Herod want to do? Kill Jesus. He wanted Jesus dead because anybody who was going to be the king of the Jews was going to challenge his throne. That's what he thought. Well, so what did Herod end up doing? When the wise men didn't come back to him, what did Herod do? He ordered all the male children to be killed. And so what did God do? God said, all right, Mary, Joseph, take Jesus and go to Egypt. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll protect Jesus. But that's what Herod wanted to do. And so that God warned them. Isn't it interesting, though, if you think about this, that after they worshipped Jesus, they couldn't go back the same way that they had come. They were different. That's a fact even today for us. Once you have a personal relationship with the king of the universe, you never go back the same way you were before. You never go back. You're changed. When you encounter God, things change in your life. Your direction changes. It changes you. Listen, it's always been like that. From when Jesus was born up till now. Think about scripture. Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God. And what happened with Jacob? He never walked the same the rest of his life. Isaiah. Isaiah. Think about Isaiah. Isaiah steps into the presence of God in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. And this is what he says. Woe is me, for I, I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Who did Isaiah see? We know that no one ever saw the Father. Scripture tells us that. Who did Isaiah see in Isaiah chapter 6? He saw the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne. He saw a pre-incarnation of Jesus in the Old Testament before he was born. And what did Isaiah say? I'm a man of unclean lips. I've seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He was never the same again. Think about Job, another example. Job questions God over and over concerning his suffering. His friends are beating Job down saying, you must have done something to cause all this. And then God shows up and God talks to Job. And this is what Job says back in Job chapter 40 verses 4 through 5. He says, behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and I will not answer. Twice I will proceed no further. 
he encounters God, he says, who am I compared to you? I'm not even going to answer. I'm done. I'm not saying another word. He was changed. And my favorite example, turn to Acts chapter 9. My favorite example. Acts chapter 9. Verses 1 through 6. It says, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that he found any belonging to the way. What is the way? That's the gospel. That's following Jesus. Men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse 3, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Go down to verse 17, we'll read 17 through 22. So Ananias departed and entered the house and was laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God. And all, him who, uh, and all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And yet, and, and, he, has, he, and, and he has not come here for this purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. That's amazing. That's an amazing example. I think it's the best example in Scripture. Paul was headed to Damascus to persecute Christians, to arrest them, possibly kill them. And he meets the Lord Jesus and he's changed forever. Immediately, he goes from persecuting Christians to preaching the gospel. Listen, that's what happens when you become, when you walk into the presence of God and you become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what happened with the wise men when they encountered Christ. They went back a different direction. This is what happens when we encounter Christ. Our life changes. And we go a different direction. We go a different direction. Listen, I have to ask this. Have you encountered the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a personal... I'm not asking you whether you come to candlelight service. I'm not asking you if you're here on Christmas Day. I'm not asking you if you come for Easter services. I'm not asking you if you're a member of the church. I'm asking you, do you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you confessed your sins to him? Repented of those sins. Put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross. If you have, your life is changed and it will show. Everywhere in scripture, everywhere in scripture. I can, guys, I just cannot find. There's one thing that I cannot find anywhere in the Bible. I can't find it. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where somebody believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they went back the same way. It's not there. It's just not there. 
It's not there. Over and over in Scripture, what do we see? A changed life. A different direction. One of my favorite examples. Another example. Zacchaeus. Little Zacchaeus. Jesus is walking through mighty Jericho. Walking through Jericho. The only thing that it says he did in Jericho. He didn't go hang out with the church pastors. He didn't go hang out with the religious leaders. He didn't go hang out with the wealthy. He didn't eat in the best restaurants. He's walking through Jericho and he stops at a tree where a little bitty short guy had climbed to be able to see Jesus better. He stops at the tree of a lying, stealing, thieving tax collector. And Jesus says to him, I'm going to come to your house today and have dinner. Come on now. Jesus comes to his house and he hangs out with Zacchaeus. And what does Zacchaeus say after he encounters the Lord Jesus Christ? One of my favorite verses. He says, from those who I have stole, I will restore. What was he saying? When Zacchaeus said, from those who I've stolen, I'm going to restore. What's he saying? He's saying, Jesus, you've changed me. I'm not going back to stealing from people. My life is different. I'm new. I'm new. Listen, if your life... It's a, it's a, it's a gauge question here. It's a question. It's a question. There may be people watching this morning... That the only time they have anything to do with Christianity is on Christmas and Easter. Serious. This is a question that I ask. If your life is the same today as it was before. If you can live a life of sin. And you live like the world. And you haven't changed. Then you don't know the Savior that I know. You don't know the Savior of this book. You need to be saved. You need to put your faith and trust in who Christ is. Listen, it's a gauge on whether we... Scripture tells us to work work out our salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? This is a a tough thing for me to do. Let me be honest with you guys. Because I want to challenge those who say they're followers of Christ, but might not be. Because I don't want anyone here standing before God one day in Matthew chapter 7. They say, Lord, we served you. We served you. We served in ministry. or We've done this or we've done that. And Jesus looks at them and says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know who you are. Well, I mean, I was a member of Crossbridge, God. I know you. So I want to challenge you this morning to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But at the same time, I don't want my brother sisters to question their salvation if they're truly in Christ oh we should we, we should know you should know you you can have assurance but if your life and this is one of those ways we can gauge this if your life isn't different than it was before you should really question whether you're a follower of Christ don't fool yourself don't lie to yourself because there's nothing else that matters over and over in scripture, I see this. I see people step out in faith. They put their faith and trust in who Jesus is. That's what these wise men did. They step out in faith. They go on the journey. 
A journey involves worship. It involves sacrifice. It involves being a living sacrifice. And then, you know what? He changes you. You never go back the same way. You always go back different. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. We hear the story of the wise men. They're wise because they had faith. They were wise because they were worshipped. They worshipped. And they were changed forever. All because of what? A child. The Lord Jesus. I ask you, before we pray, how about you? How about you? I believe with all my heart, guys, there's people that I've shared the gospel with from this pulpit, from out in our community, that they've died, and they remember. They're not in heaven. They're in hell. And they're remembering that they had the opportunity to be saved. And they're tormented with that. You know what? Scripture teaches that. The rich man and Lazarus. It's in the book of Luke. I don't want anyone to ever say, I didn't know. I didn't know. Why couldn't you share the gospel on Christmas, Jeff? I didn't know. Why didn't you share the truth with me? I never want anyone's blood to be on my hands. That's why I'm sharing the gospel this morning. I believe with all my heart that when you trust in Christ as your Savior, your life is never the same. It's never the same. Step out in faith. Seek the Lord Jesus, just like these wise men did. Jesus says, if you knock, I'll answer. Seek, you'll find. The door will be opened. I ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come today, I pray. Today's the day you can come. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning. Thank you for this text. I thank you. There's so much here, and I didn't probably even do it good enough justice in, in what I preached this morning out of this text. But I pray, God, that, that you use it in people's hearts this morning. Lord, I, I believe you'll, you'll use it for people to be saved. You planted seeds this morning, and I, I, I'm trusting, I'm faith that you'll use it for salvation. But I also believe, God, you'll probably use it on people when they die and they're not in heaven. I pray, Lord, pray, Lord, that people consider eternity this morning. They consider their journey. Our lives are here one second and they're gone the next. I pray, Lord, that people think about what's important and what's not. Everybody's going to put their faith and trust in something, Lord. I pray today that it's you. I love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.
we sing one more verse. I don't, I don't beg people to the altar. I just don't do that. I believe we plant seeds and we let God work. But I want to say this. I, 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 maybe I'm, I'm going to talk to some people that they listen to, they, they come to church twice a year. Or they hear two sermons a year. It's on Christmas and Easter. Uh, and I want to say, I believe that any of us can be an eternity like that. I'm never going to forget the day that me and Mike Simons and Joel Jones went to visit a family help with their electric. I'm going to tell you guys this story until the day that I die. I'm going to. We went to help them and we shared the gospel. And that afternoon, two hours later, we got a phone call. One of those guys sitting on that couch and drove to Springfield was killed in a car wreck. Last thing that he ever heard about Christ was us sharing the gospel with him. He was sitting on his couch. He heard. I asked him if he had any questions and he said no. I don't know if he was prepared for eternity. I pray that he was. But I believe every single one of us should be ready for that. So I want to ask you, again, you don't need me to pray for you to be saved. You don't need that. If you were to die today and stand before God, where would you go? I'm not asking you if you've been a member of the church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in the church. I'm not asking you if you can answer every single question and you have the knowledge. I'm asking you, do you know Christ is your Savior? If you don't, you're not ready. And today could be the day. Are you ready? We're going to sing one more verse. And we're going to close. Go ahead. Use my heart, Lord. Use my I forgot to do this earlier. I don't know why I forgot it. Jeannie had it up here. But Levi, come here. Levi was baptized a couple weeks ago, and we have him a new Bible. So give this young man a big round of applause. Congratulations. There's you a new Bible. You're welcome. Um, so the kingdom of heaven is compared to this. Here's the challenge, fellas. All, men, all the men in here right now. You're, a lot of you are probably going to go to family parties today. 
You're going to hang out with family, guys. And this is for ladies, too. I'm just going to pick on the men a little bit right now because you're supposed to be the spiritual leaders of your home. The kingdom of heaven is compared to this, Jesus says. A man finds treasure in a field, and he, he buries it, he hides it, and he takes and he sells everything he has in order to get that field, to buy that field, because the treasure of heaven is in that field. What is Jesus saying in that parable? He's saying there's nothing as valuable as heaven. There's nothing else that... So we're handing out presents today, and we're giving kids things, and we're giving our parents or whoever else stuff. The best gift that you can give somebody is to share the truth about heaven with them. So here's the thing. When you're gathering with your family, here's the challenge. Fellas, you need to make sure that everybody in your family is going to be in heaven with you. You need to share the gospel with them. You need to know. I can teach and I can tell my kids all sorts of stuff and I can give them all sorts of cool stuff. But if they're not followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's I've failed. i failed. I need to make sure. And that means having a conversation with them, guys. That means having a conversation with your families and saying, Jesus is. Tell me about who you believe Jesus is. We have that conversation quite frequently in our house, don't we? When people come over. It's important that you do that. That's the greatest gift you could ever give. It really is. Here's the benediction. And then we'll close in prayer. It's, it's a verse they read uh, during the song. It's Isaiah 9, 6. For, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is. Listen, that was prophesied five, five or six hundred years before Jesus was born. That's amazing. That's amazing. Ace, good to have you here today. Close us in prayer. Reason for the season, Lord, I thank you for coming here, um, for showing us a better way. Lord, and forgiving your life for each and every one of us here, Lord. And like Jeff was saying, Father, I, I, I just pray for that person that's still white-knuckling it, Lord. I pray that they they listen to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that prick and that, that conviction, Lord, draws them to you so they can serve and be in heaven with us. Good Lord willing. In your name I pray. Amen.